pimpin', baby. Do you think? Do you think he wrote this song right after a bad breakup? Yeah, right? oh, like, that's, like, it's the ultimate breakup song. Yeah, it's the best breakup. Me give my song heart to Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. He was just like, "All right, it's over. Time to rent a boat and shoot a music video." Yeah. I've always felt like the hardest gangsters that always write like the most over the top songs. Always, they had the little heartbrokes when they were fourteen, and it was like that's like that's like the gangster version of emo, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big Pimpin is one of the most emo songs of all time. Jay Z's clearly going through something, but like I would do this if I was Jay Z and I went through a breakup, I would also rent a boat. But the, I think, yeah, but I think that's also why it matched up so perfectly with Linkin Park. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the same song. Hey, you guys sad too? Yeah. Big Pimpin' over there. Big Pimpin' and Crawling on my, my Skin are the same song, same content. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me is my co host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey, Slabby Rabbit, where we're at. The Sauce Citizen, The Last White Dragon, and the 2021 Meat Cake Champion, and author of the book, Not All Dogs Go to Heaven. Zach Rohn. Hey there. <laughs> and a very special guest with us in studio, comedian Mitchell Potts. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, <laughs> I should have said comedian and former garbage man. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Proud former garbage man, Mitchell Potts. Welcome to the program. Uh, we were just talking off air about, we were talking about roasting and stuff, and then it reminded me, when I was a little kid, I, I really wanted, I wanted to win... Like, um, not roast, but just like, like when someone would come up and zing you. Like, I remember this one kid when I was like, not even in junior high, it was this public school kid, and they were always a little, hey, calm down. They were always a little meaner. This public school kid told me, and I'm sure he got this from someone else, but he said, uh, he said, your face looks like an asshole. He said, you got uh, two big cheeks and just a big puckering hole in between <laughs> oh, or oh, something wow. like that. And I remember being like, I was like devastated, but I was like, that was such a good burn. Yeah. And I was like, how? Back, and I, uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to have like comebacks. And I remember I bought, uh, I went, I saw, I went to the bookstore because that's how old the story is. And uh, there was a book of quickie comebacks. <laughs> and I thought it was just all going to be like retorts to like smash people that just said something like that. And then I bought it. I decided I didn't like flip through it. I just like quickie comebacks. Okay, yeah. And then I got bought it. And I went home, and it was all just like, yeah, you're, you're. It was all like disses from the 1940s. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. I would. I would. Your mom's a wooden nickel. <laughs> no, that's great. Like if you use that on people and genuinely confuse them into submission, they would walk away. If they, if they walk, you win the argument. Do you? I I feel like. Certain burns just always stick with you. Like there's certain people that got me 
with certain jokes. I'm just like, how this like, can you think of like a burn that got you? Like just, uh, yeah. Someone commented on one of my videos on Instagram and said, I talk like I'm double space. The funniest thing that's ever been said about me and to me. And I always told myself that I would never read the comments. Yeah. And uh, I did that day. And I laughed really hard, so it didn't hurt me that much. But that is the meanest and most true thing that anyone's <laughs> ever said about me. I dated I, <laughs> I dated this girl years ago, and we dressed up for Halloween. Uh, she went as Medusa. She made this really cool Medusa costume. And I was... Do you remember the, the Miller High Life beer delivery guy? He was just like a black dude with a dolly. And I, I don't think so. It was like in the it was like in the mid two thousands, but he was it was just for a while the Miller Highlight, and it was like he just walk in with Miller Highlight, and it was like the party got started, and it was just like a deliver a black delivery driver, like that was it. So like I like bought a Miller Highlight shirt and uh, stacked a bunch of Highlights like on a dolly, and thought it was just, thought it was funny. It was like a current thing, and then we I, she took pictures and they got posted on uh, like college like. Was it co- like one of those college websites or yeah. whatever? Where like post your Halloween costume, and then we forgot about it for five years. And then I remember one time I was like looking, I was like, "Aren't pictures still? Didn't we really put these on college, whatever college party or whatever this was?" <laughs> and then I saw it, I was like, "Oh, there it is!" And it was like thirty comments. And I was like, "Oh, I was like, do you ever read these comics?" And she was like, "Yeah, I wouldn't do that." <laughs> <laughs> and then I started looking, and the first three are just all about her, just like. Medusa could turn something to mind to stone, or you know, it was all kind of like gross stuff like that. And I was just like, but I'm giggling, you know, because I was like, hey, they got a lot to say about your costume. (laughs) And then it got to mind, and whatever one, and this, mind you, this was I was 28, and uh, somebody put, this is college humor. That guy looks like he's 40. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then another one said, I guess not all black guys do look the same. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. oh man, the internet is great. I <laughs> I love it. I love how mean people can be to each other. Yeah, totally. it, it makes me feel better about the world. The, wor- the worst ones are just when anything cuts through with a grain of truth. Where it's like, how did it's like little kids know how to poke right at that? Like at your worst insecurity somehow. Like how did you? Yeah. How did you know that was the thing? Yeah, talk like he's double spaced. Got me because <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> It hurt. It stung. No, Mitchell, I'm over it. This was your this was your first heart of brunch. How did you feel? How do you feel? How are oh, you I feeling? Feel, I feel awful. Okay, I feel, <laughs> my heart feels like it's getting ready to explode. I'm sweating, but like in a cold sweats way. Um, it was amazing food. What um, would you if you I had to guess it. what the theme was? What do you think today's oh, there's theme? A theme? I killing me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the was death, the theme. The that was, was the theme of the, the death of Mitchell. We, we played Requiem in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Once that poutine came out, I thought I'm going to die. I can't put any of this in. Everything's gonna clog up. You looked. You were looking around the room like everything was spinning for a second. I it was like the one thing is. I took my blood pressure medication before I came yeah, here, you know, smart. and you shouldn't be on this podcast if you're taking blood pressure medication. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I didn't know you were on blood pressure medication. <laughs> yeah. You feel yeah, bad now. Yeah, no, but it was delicious. Um, everything you made was wonderful. That poutine ruled, even though I could barely eat any of it. But So but I, I really did set out to uh, 
have you gorge yourself. Oh, yeah, I figured. Because uh, when I came on your podcast, Cook on High for 30 Minutes. You probably had barely any food. What? <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> but also, you you guys did, I remember the whole, you were like, you were in physical discomfort the whole time because you guys had gone out for a big breakfast. And then everyone just kept saying, like, you didn't have to eat that much, Mitchell. You didn't have to eat that much. And so I was like, what? Normally what we would do is we warn our guests, we go, hey, a lot of food's going to come out. We want to make sure to pace yourself so you don't eat too much. And I said, let's just not tell Mitchell that. Yeah, let's just, let's just see where, where he naturally goes. Oh, man. It would be really funny if I just ate all of it. No problem. <laughs> no problem. So, like, I feel, no, I feel wonderful. Right now. I feel to, awesome. To be honest, the, the soup came out in a massive bowl. And <laughs> yeah, like, you killed it. As you said, like you thought that was the only thing that yeah. was coming out. And I thought that it was well on its way because <laughs> that in itself was a feat. No, that that soup is delicious. Yeah, after I was like, after I finished the charcuterie board or most <laughs> of it, I, the potato soup came out and I ate that. And I was like, that was a wonderful meal. It was a great, great. And then you came out with the sandwich it, and I was like, oh no! And then you weren't seated yet, so I was like, he's cooked. That son of a bitch is cooking even more. <laughs> They're trying to kill me. One time I did a, a food eating challenge at the sinking ship. Oh yeah. And it was the closest I've ever felt to torture. It, and it was like to the point where like something switched over where I was just like, because I, 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 I won. But uh, by the end of it, I was just like, I don't like food anymore. I was like, this is not like, not only do I not like food, this is what torture feels like. And I was just like, I never want to get to the point where eating feels like I'm being tortured. Yeah. I, I've done that before. I was at a restaurant in Bloomington. I ate an entire meal. And then five minutes after I finished my meal, my uncle called. He was like, hey, Mitchell, we're in town. We're at this restaurant. You want to come join us? And I didn't want to be rude, so I was like, yeah, I'll come. And I go there, and he's like, I'm going to buy your meal. And I was like, well, I got, you know, I can't say no to a free meal. Yeah. And I ate most of that meal. And I got so sick during the meal, I had to go to the bathroom <laughs> and just start throwing up. <laughs> And they're like, Mitchell, why are you like sweaty and your eyes watery after leaving the bathroom? It's like, oh no, I just got a headache. It wasn't the food. I didn't eat too much food. And now I wonder, you know, why I'm constantly gaining weight, you know? You, you see like a person, you see like the person that would rather throw up in the bathroom than like discomfort anybody else by saying, hey, I actually just already ate. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That, that yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely true because I did it. I could have just said, no, I just ate five minutes ago. I could have communicated my needs, but instead of I, I've held this resent, resentment towards my uncle for the free meal for years. Yeah, yeah what an asshole he was. He ruined my re- my favorite restaurant for me. <laughs> now you said you said earlier that you were. Uh, you're originally you were living in Chicago previously, right? Yeah, uh, I lived in Bloomington uh, for a long time, like seven years. And after uh, I went to college there, and then I just lived there for four years. Nice. And then afterward, became a real townie. Yeah, became a townie, hanging at the vid. Hey, I never really did. Really? Yeah, which is weird because that is where all the townies go. Mm-hmm. But I liked the Bishop, which is another townie. Bar. Okay, you so were there. You were there the after me. I think the Bishop was newer. Yeah, it, it's the the bar under the Comedy Attic. So after I would do a show, I would go downstairs and drink. So that was that your first club, the comedy? Yeah, attic? yeah, that's where I started comedy. Did you? Did they have like a? I yeah. guess they have an open mic, but their open mics a little bit. You get to sign up ahead of time, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a booked open mic. So I sent an email um, to the club, and they told me like, "Hey, bring ten people, then you could do this." And it, 
took me like months to work up the courage to do it. Yeah. I would like write in my To meet 10 people. Yeah, to meet 10 (laughs) people. It took forever. Uh, It took (laughs) forever to convince 10 people to be my friend. (laughs) Um, But I would post these like sticky notes on my computer calling myself a bitch for not doing (laughs) stand-up. Calling myself a giant coward. Um, So eventually I did. And it was, you know, it was good. So I haven't looked back. And now, you know, it's ruined my life. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, after Bloomington, I moved to Chicago. And then... Um, How was the difference there between, like, uh, you know, moving to such a big city from I, college I town? It. I loved it. I I love Chicago. And it was cool living in a big city. And I kind of like all the weird things that happen just from being in a city. Are you a sports guy? Yeah, I'm a big Cubs fan. So nice. that was great, too. I lived, like, 10 minutes away from Wrigley Field. So oh, I would just dope. walk down to games and... Oh, man. Yeah, like after work, sometimes if I had a bad day, you could early in the season you could buy tickets for like seven dollars on StubHub. So I would just buy seven dollar tickets and watch baseball. That's <laughs> all, great all the time. Yeah, and there's just so much more comedy shows there too in Bloomington than in Bloomington. So uh, I, I like I like I like Chicago. Like once I'm in, I'm so claustrophobic and weird about traffic. Like coming in Chicago, like gives me like uh, anxiety. Oh, yeah, but, I'm, t- I'm terrified of driving. I, like, but I'd ride my bike around Chicago. It, yeah. it makes no sense. It was like people in Chicago are so used to the, to the bike lane being right there yeah. that they just work in, like, people in Indianapolis see a bike and they freak out. They're like, there's a bike, and they drive, like, 10 miles out of the way. But, like, Chicago, you can, like, touch a bike, you know, right there. Yeah, no, I've seen, um, like, I've seen some close calls between cars and bikes. There's plenty. Sure, of, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to pay attention. Uh yeah, he is a cool, but uh, I guess what was the difference, like, comedy-wise between going from, like, the small, like, the comedy attic? Um, it was just, uh, there were just a lot more shows, so there was a lot more stage time, and then, um, you know, in a small scene, there's only, like, one gatekeeper that you really need to impress, and in mm-hmm. Chicago, there's dozens of them. Yeah. So just navigating, like, how do I get on this show? Who do I need to talk to to do this thing? So I could get other things because I did that thing. There's just a lot more. It's there's a lot more politics to navigate. Sure, you have to learn yeah. the quirks of thirty people instead of one. You got to see nice. what that they what they like comedically. You know, to try to get on their shows or whatever. It'd be nice if someone like just had like a starter book for you just like to read up on when you get in. Yeah, the scene. It's, it's stylistically, it's a little different too. Um, in here or like in Bloomington, like. Hosts generally don't seem to do crowd work, but in Chicago, mm. every host does. Okay. Usually opens with a lot of crowd work. And it's a little bit more, uh, the style, I guess, is a little bit more aggressive or they're more at the audience. Back In Bloomington especially, it's way more laid back because the audiences never really participate. I remember the very first show that uh, we put on is Red Flag. I remember like in the 90s, like the hosts would always, I, I, I grew up watching like Def Comedy Jam. And so a lot of times the host would come and just like do a little joke or two in between the sets. And I was just like, and I remember the very first one we had Hannah host for some reason, thought that was a good idea. And then I remember telling Hannah, I was like, yeah, you should throw a couple jokes in between each comic. I was like, like they did on Def Jam. And she was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I remember our first show and uh, Ryan Niemiller was the headliner. And I remember he coming and he's like, is she doing material right now? And I was like, yeah. Like I'm all proud and excited. He goes, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Though it always makes a show go so much longer mm-hmm. when the when the host is doing time and yeah. it just hurts the momentum some, you know. But like 
if you're watching Def Comedy Jam and that's the only like showcase style show you're watching, then yeah, of course you would like. The only reason I wouldn't think that is just because the club I did host never did time between. Well, I'll comedians. tell you what, I made Thad watch a lot of Def Comedy Jam uh, during quarantine. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of things about Def Comedy Jam that <laughs> I probably wouldn't do in 2022. <laughs> Material wise, oh man. <laughs> There were so many jokes where, like, the the punchline was just like, "Hey, he gay!" <laughs> like, "Oh, looky how fat you are!" <laughs> <laughs> Not super woke. <laughs> My favorite thing about it was there was a while there was seem it seemed like they had to have been instructed by the showrunner where it was like, "Okay, you're gonna do your bit, but then like you also have to do something else. Like you have to go and like dance on stage or take your clothes off or do like somebody else." There was yeah. always like. Some shtick. Yeah, there was some sort of weird shtick. Everyone had one there for a while. Like, it was like comedy and... And I remember someone was just like, they just took off all their clothes at the end of, like... (laughs) No, he he didn't only just take off all of his clothes. He, like, went around walking around imitating someone that was mentally handicapped. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's what he was doing. I think I may have blocked that part out. In my my head, I just imagined him just silently taking off his clothes. That would be the funniest thing, to have, like, this high-energy death jam set. And then just... the music goes out, and then you just <coughs> strip. Yeah, yeah. Walk slowly, turn around, and walk off the stage. Um, but that's but what, insane. What, yeah, it was, it was pretty insane. Like I remember, we just like looked at each other and we we're like, "This is, we cannot do this today." <laughs> yeah, I don't think they should have done it then. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I actually want to see somebody try it today. <laughs> I, I would love to be at a comedy I mean, show and see someone dare yeah. to do it. <laughs> I have. I've seen people try it. I've seen some wild stuff. Uh, I've seen some wild. I, I still. I'm always. I'm always surprised that I can still get surprised at somebody and be like. But I think there's always people like, hey, you know, they. My favorite comic was like up until like the up until ten years ago was like. How extreme can we make? It wasn't just comedy. Everything was like how extreme, how extreme, how yeah. extreme. And then I think everyone just kind of hit a wall with that. It was like, how much can you keep up in it until we just, our entire language would just be screaming the N-word at each other, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. How I, shocking can this be like, like, I just, I mean, I remember in the 90s, everything was just like, it was like extreme sports, extreme, it was like everything has to be like, I'm saying a racial slur while I'm going bungee jumping, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, There's no real shock jocks anymore, right? Like, No. um, Like, if you... Podcast. I love love shock jocks. So I listen to a podcast series about shock jocks. And they still, like, exist. They exist, but they're all, like, washed up or their material just doesn't... It's not shocking to anyone anymore. Yeah. So like, like Howard Stern's still going, but like I'll read. He's how- like born again though, right? Like he's uh, yeah, he's like cleaned uh, up his image. Yeah, he's definitely ever since he started becoming a judge on America's Got Talent, then he really cleaned up his image. But if you listen to like nineteen nineties Howard Stern, yeah. oh yeah, holy shit, yeah, it was like I, I definitely was like, who's the smartest Negro? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah like it, it, it was stuff like that. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, Howard Stern was wild. They had a character called 
Wendy the R word. <laughs> oh yeah, and now her name. They, they're more woke. They're in their woke period. They call her Wendy the special person. You know? <laughs> they still have her on the show. Yeah, but. they could have just called her Wendy, probably. <laughs> yeah, they could have just. Yeah, they didn't have to give her a, a funny name. <laughs> she didn't need a title. She could have just been Wendy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The audience, you know, I think the audience can understand your conversation with Wendy without the fancy title. Yeah. What were you? You were just uh, you were just on the Bob and Tom program. Yeah, yeah. What were you? What were you on there promoting? Uh, nothing. I was, no, I uh, I had some shows with Josh uh, Arnold. Oh, the, uh, nice. I didn't really have anything else to promote, but I was uh, on shows in at the Fort Wayne Comedy Club. Um, with Josh Arnold that weekend. So how was that because like I know from we've had other guests on here with like Bob and Tom it's like you they kinda like lead you into your jokes, right? Yeah, basically. Josh knows my act, so we he, he kinda told me yeah. like, hey, he'll probably Tom will probably like this if you go in with this joke. Mm. So he kinda set up my things and then when it would kinda get away from the joke, Josh would usually say something to lead me back into another joke. What's so, that? Like, is that is that weird or is that cool? Like how? I, I actually I actually like it. it when you're when you're up there, you can or when you're on air, you can tell that you're getting set up for mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it's just yeah. a cue, because sometimes yeah, I feel like if I didn't have that cue, that I might just go off on my joke on an unrelated thing, and then none of it would make sense. You yeah. Know? So at least the cue lets you know, like, oh, it'll make sense for you to tell this particular joke at this particular time. But I, I liked doing it. And then after I did like the part where they spotlighted me, they were like, You can if you think of a good riff, you could riff in on this and Oh, I thought they were like, You can leave yeah. anytime. <laughs> I, I wish they would you just send your one joke. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so I did some just a little a few jokes and then kinda talked a little bit more and then they did the news and I was like, I'm I'm not gonna step in with any riffs. I'm just gonna kind of laugh along. Do you ever worry? Do you ever worry about cursing accidentally? I, I I was worried about that. I had to ask uh, about a few words that I could use because it's in my act. I wanted to do it on air, so I just needed to double check. I was like, "Can I say fuck?" <laughs> no, <laughs> but I do. I do have a joke where I say dick, and I was like, "Can I say dick?" Can I say dick on the answer? Yeah. <laughs> and they said you could call, you could say dick if you're calling someone a dick. Yeah. But you can't say dick if you're it talking w- about your penis. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll just say. Can I say penis? <laughs> and they were they were cool with me saying penis, so that's what I went with. We just yeah. we penis just always gets by. <laughs> we were both just on uh, a serious uh, album recording show at Helium, and I was very confused. I hate. I hate feeling like the guy who doesn't know what the assignment is. Yeah. And so, like, I had done one of those before recently and done, like, a whole clean set about as much clean material as I have. And I feel like I got it done. It's in the chamber. And then I got asked to do this show. And I was like, am I doing something new? Am I doing this again? Like, I was kind of confused. And then everyone was just like, yeah, I guess we're working clean. And I was just like, I, like... Did half my set, but then I said nigga halfway through, yeah. and then I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, they already got my clean version. And then I feel like every, you went up and were just like, did your act, and it was like filthy. And it, it was great. I mean, like, the audience loved it, but then I noticed it seemed like everyone else just did their act. Yeah. And I was like, I wish I would have just gone up and, like, nah, I hate feeling like I have, I hate feeling like you have, 
like blinders on doing comedy or you like you're chained I, down somehow i was really nervous about it um I, but i read the thing and it said we don't care if you're dirty we just prefer clean and i went well if you don't care i'm just gonna do my act because mm-hmm. it, it my my clean material is not probably not gonna make the radio so i might as well do the dirty material if it's okay and try to have a good set yeah i but, feel i feel like and i don't i don't think any of us are necessarily like super dirty comedians but we do have like adult it is adult, adult, I guess yes. it's the adult themes. But I feel like if you're going up against comics who always work clean, like that's like you're never going to win that contest. Oh, so yeah, they're going to win absolutely. the clean comedy contest. Yeah, no, I, I would never win in a clean comedy competition. Have like, you done one? No, and I never would. Yeah. I, I, just, I did have I like that. It wouldn't be fun for me. Yeah, because like you want to stay true to your art form. I want to. I want to say come. I yeah. did. I, like right now. You yeah. Know. Like, if you don't let me say calm, I'm not going to show up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my rule. We're, beep, we're beeping every, everyone out. <laughs> Everybody has a come rule. Every time we ever beeped it out. Uh, I did kind of get a kick out of changing. Like, just it was just for me. I like, think I was like the only person that noticed. Actually, at Crackers, I think Griffin noticed because he's just a comedy nerd. But, like, I changed. Things like I changed motherfucker in one joke to buddy. <laughs> and, I, and it actually like hit pretty much the same. And I was like, oh, I thought, I thought it was the motherfucker that got the big laugh. But I literally just said buddy. And then I, I changed the color. And I was like, have you ever seen the um, when they change like movies for T? They edit them for yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like sometimes they just put the ridiculous <laughs> like the. Um, Mother trucker or something. Yeah. Like well, that. like yeah. there's the, the famous one from uh, Lebowski. Where he like uh, smashes in the car and he's like, This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. On the TV edited one, it's this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. (laughs) 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 He just just keeps saying that. Yeah, it makes no sense. No sense at all. So funny. But uh, yeah, I like like switching out. It was like, Okay, I'm going to turn this fuck into a dang. I'm going to turn this into like, to see like. I I think that's a good thing to do because it's better. If the joke works the same clean, then always do it clean. Why even do it dirty then if you know that the joke will work if you use a clean word? You know? Sometimes it's like a little bit more. Like there was definitely like um, sometimes a good fuck in the right place. Yeah. You know, I was like, I, I get like I, I get it like overusing it. Because like sometimes I'll listen. Uh, I will like listen like sometimes black comics will say niggas so much that it just like loses all time and like like it loses all meaning and, and space and time. Uh-huh. And it's just like wow this this this, this is like a, this really is a crutch. Like this is just like a um you know like I like how you like, you say like if there's like a amount of, of times you can say it before you break out in the like space time <laughs> continuum like all right Doctor Strange is like we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, we're, Dilute the he very did, concept of the word. Yeah, he did five niggers right there. Uh, well, yeah, it looks like it doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> looks like there's three Spider-Mans now. <laughs> he just niggered in for the spider <laughs> Mitchell's over there like, make sure that this isn't me saying this. We, we need to make it clear. This is not Mitchell's fault. That was fad. He does not. Not Mitchell's fault. Oh, man. The future of the MC looks, looks dicey for sure. <laughs> 
Who's my new merch? <laughs> oh my god! Everything that I thought was funny enough for merch, I was like, I couldn't do that. Um, I mean, they're gonna hate that for an episode name. What? <laughs> <laughs> or love it, or we'll get, or we'll get, we'll get a. Um, Get a talk to you from another <laughs> prominent black person again. I don't know why you guys got to talk like that. It's like, ah. <laughs> We're black comedians. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. Oh, wait, that happened to you that somebody uh, got well, upset? They didn't get upset, but they, I listened to the podcast tonight. I guarantee what it was. We were asking someone to come on the podcast, and they didn't know. They only knew Zach. <laughs> And it was me, Thad, and Zach, and it was a podcast where we were throwing the N-word around and um, some other words, and I think it was kind of like, is this just like a bunch of white guys in the room with Zach? I was not throwing it around. <laughs> it was being thrown around over me like yeah. a game of keep away. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it was weird that you wanted to call a monkey in the middle. <laughs> god, how quickly it became an afterbrush. <laughs> oh my god. So it's always fun when we have comics. So like when we, we either have uh, service industry people yeah. or comedians. We have service industry people who are always trying to be on our best behavior. You're on your best behavior. As soon as a comic comes in, I'm like, we're having fun today. Oh, no, no, we got to have fun. Yeah. I bet there's some service industry people though that are game to have fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's and that's how we meet our like that's how we expand our roster of uh, uh, friends, friends of the show. Yeah. yeah, well, people. I mean, everyone. Most people are just people that showed up for an episode and never left. Yeah, like Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back with more Mitchell Potts. Woo! Hell yeah! Thanks for in my room. Put it on your box. Hi, and welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Guys, very exciting news. I got, I've been, I've been teasing this out for a while, but we finally got our date. Sunday, February 20th is going to be the 2022 Meat Cake Challenge. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Well, what's the Meat Cake Challenge? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm very curious. Woo! So last year, um, uh, Bridget, a uh, friend of the show, Bridget Horan, uh, peace be upon her, uh, Zach Rohn and myself went head to head in um, culinary challenge of who could design, build, cook, and execute the best cake made out of meat or meat cake, oh, as wow. it's known to the layperson. 
right. And um, that was, it was pretty loose rules, right? I mean, it was pretty much just that. It was like whatever. It whatever. could only be meat, though. Or can you supplement? No, it like just had to be things? a meat, Based. like a meat-themed cake. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to say a meat thing. Like you couldn't make like. You couldn't make a sweet a dessert cake, cake shaped like meat. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it had yeah. to be a. It I mean, it wasn't to technically of, not in the rules, but, but it yeah. had to be made of meat. Mm. So a cake made of meat, exactly. Why, why, why did he use as the base? What meat? So, so we did three completely different takes on it. Okay, mine, which I've been looking back over, was a phenomenal cake. Unfortunately, I came in third place. <laughs> but like, I just got to say this: this is how tight. Uh, how tight this is going to go. And this year it's going to be even crazier because we have some more legit chefs being part of it. But last year uh, I had a, basically I did a bun, a breakfast bun cake okay. with hash browns and then the, like a bun cake made of hash browns filled with sausage, egg, cheese, and bacon. Oh, wow. And then it was, uh, the bun cake was actually cooked in uh, brisket fat. And then upon that was um, a sous vide uh, lamb... <laughs> Sorry, it was, it was a sous vide lamb. I get choked up thinking about it. With uh, mashed potato icing and then uh, and then porchetta wrapped around that. And then the entire cake had like uh, either scotches, like little scotch egg bonnets, uh, uh, um, uh, jalapeno poppers. Jalapeno popper roses. Popper roses. Not, yeah. So popper rose. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I don't know. Oh, and then a potato filled with steak tartare. Uh, yeah, it was... That sounds beautiful. I mean, this is enough, it's enough to give any person gout. Like, it was long, crazy. How long did it take for you guys to eat it? Is that one of those things that you like kept in your fridge for like a, a week and would eat every day? I, I think everyone kind of, well, they sectioned them up because like there was so much food versus how many of us were. And that's what kind of brought us into what we're doing this year. So it's going to be almost famous on uh, February, Sunday, February um, 20th. We're going to be releasing in the next couple weeks a select amount of tickets and it's going to be zach the the sauce lord it's going to be me it's going to be chef bridget Haran, peace be upon her uh chef alan sternberg um and then um the the misfit chefs um jordan and adam from misfit right from you're Mis- not just like calling them misfit <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 yeah. so is is somebody going to be defending their title or their belt or anything like that uh, well, I mean, I hope you wear a belt when you're there. Oh, uh, Zach is because the, there was a, a pretty devastating Zach Zachary last year. Zach right? is technically the reigning champ. Um, <laughs> what did you make? I questioned the voting system last year. We're gonna have a much better voting system with uh, celebrity judges. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard your theories about voting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he still is my president. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you make your meat cake? So I did a uh, I did a crab cake. Okay. Uh, I did surf and turf. So I did a giant crab cake, and then uh, I iced it with remoulade, and then uh, I did a beef tartare, and then I also seared a, a, a tenderloin, and then I uh, uh, made a horseradish cream cheese and iced it with that. That sounds wonderful. If you go. If you go in the Wayback Machine on the on the Heart of Brunch, if you scroll for like an hour on Instagram, <laughs> you can look at on it. The right, I can't wait to look at the meat. I'm gonna look at the meat cake. It's uh some pretty, but this year we're gonna blow last. Oh, wow. We're gonna blow last year out of the water. Um, um, we, we should we should repost those. In yeah. the next week or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, these are but like your ticket is gonna we're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be twenty five dollars per ticket. 
Um, you get to come. I think they're going to open up. I think they're going to open up at eleven. Have a nice little cocktail hour at Almost Famous on Mass Ave. And then we're going to have the meat cakes come out. And we're going to have the judges look at it. The audience is also going to be like uh, one of the judges. and um, Like a people's favorite or yeah, a people's choice. People's, people's choice. And, um, and we're going to have all the chefs come out. They're going to say their piece about the meat cakes. And then there's going to be a judging. And then you're going to be able to get a little slice out of each of the meat cakes. So you can really taste it. And... Um, and then you'll probably be in a similar food coma after that. Oh, yeah, like yeah. After you eat all that meat and salt. But I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be, these dishes are going to be dishes that will never be replicated again. They're going to be these cakes that are going to be right. one and done, some of the best chefs in the city. It's going to be amazing. Also, no one else is doing this. No one else is making meat cakes like this. Oh, no, I wish they were. Yeah, <laughs> they should be. I wish I could go to a place and buy meat cakes. <laughs> so my hope is that this gets this event gets bigger and bigger every year. I think right now it's kind of a... Uh, cool kind of like select few people. I, I really see this thing growing every year. Yeah. Bringing in more chefs. And because like, like it's one of the things where it really challenges chefs and people that like <laughs> to cook to like do some really fun and interesting stuff. Like Zach won with a crab cake. You know, like he went yeah. crab cake and then stole a victory from everybody that stole was. Stole a victory. <laughs> stole stole a victory. <laughs> like all I really care about moving forward is that I place above you. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> just one place above you. We can be last and second from last, but that's well, all I want. You know, it's not important to me to be the winner of my own, you know, meat cake invitational. I yeah, neither like, mine, but to beat you, it is. Maybe we should call it the Dyke Michaels meat cake invitational. <laughs> <laughs> so you win no matter what. Yeah, Your yeah, name's yeah, at the yeah, top yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. The Dyke Michaels is the best meat cake <laughs> invitational. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at the face of COVID. Uh, yeah, so that's very exciting, and we'll be releasing more information about tickets. Again, it's only going to be a small amount of tickets, so you better get them quick. Um, it's going to be fun. I love these events that we're building up to, and then hopefully this summer, this later spring, early summer, we're doing a live podcast somewhere, too. Did you want to tell them about the grilled cheese competition? God damn it. <laughs> Wait, no. there's a grilled cheese competition, too? No, there's an ongoing debate that we have about what constitutes a grilled cheese and exactly so I thought that we should have a grilled cheese competition and have you know professional chefs do the judging so we could get a real answer. I just keep telling Zach well, he's wrong. Okay, so where are you guys at on the debate? Because uh, I, I would imagine a grilled cheese is just... It was like three episodes go, go ahead, in a row. Go, go ahead. Oh, okay. I would picture it just two slices of bread and cheese, but you could also have other things in it. Like what? Name ba- a couple bacon things. Bacon. Like, that yeah, that or, would be still be a grilled cheese, wouldn't it? Yeah, I They're would think so. It's just the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, or huh. like a pe- Amazing. Or pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> or something like cool. that. There, there's exact this place one point. In, uh, There's a food truck in Bloomington called the, the Big Cheese. They could be a, one of the, which is the a, judges. Which is a grilled cheese place. Yeah. And they do things where they put pepperoni, and they'll put like a mar- of crazy mar- shit. marinara. Marinara? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or you could build a lasagna. I mean, it's not a grilled cheese, but so, like, you can go ahead. <laughs> Um, or they'll put like tomatoes on it. Sure, why not? Your argument is I that I feel like tomatoes are very common. No, fuck your mother, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, Freddy. Why you? Why you eat your abomination of a sandwich? So you think it could only be? It could only be cheese. It can't be like bacon. not even bacon. He says no, no, no. Not even bacon. it would be a bacon sandwich if we did that. Oh, eh. yeah, that's dumb, right? I just think mm-hmm. it's too technical. I think I think <laughs> it's a melt. It's a it, melt. It's it's the spirit of it's it. not a you melt get, if it just the, has bacon and cheese. 
cheese. It you is can't, not a look, look, if grilled it is, cheese is a vibe. Is, it's not a definition. You can't, if I see grilled you can't cheese with put bacon on it, I'm a protein. What's the protein? Thad's so tired of this argument. What's you? No, I, I, I say uh, the people that are invited to this meat cake challenge, they come with their votes. And uh, we, have, we, we have the Harder Brunchies vote for it. If you vote my answer, you get a free ticket. I don't, I don't do want to get this confused. You put grilled bread, melted cheese, and bacon. It's a delicious, wonderful sandwich. Yeah. It's not it's, a fucking grilled I think, cheese, I but, think it's, it's grilled it's, cheese. It's, but it's wonderful. Uh, I would consider it a... When does it stop being a grilled cheese, then? At what cost, Mitchell? I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a melt once beef is on it. Yeah, if like there's if a you beef had, patty on it, then it's If you had turkey melt. and bacon or ham yeah. and bacon, Crazy. No, I mean, you are, like, I think the only person in the universe that thinks this way. The only a, person in I'm the a, universe? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a grilled cheese purist. Tyler, Tyler agrees with Dyke. Yeah. He's the only person. No. Okay, how about this spinach? Spinach? It's still a grilled cheese. <laughs> it's a melt. It's got to be a grilled cheese. It's a, it's a sad melt. Uh, you so yeah, mean melt and you just add some wilted lettuce. It literally the- is a spinach <laughs> melt. What would a spinach melt be then? I've never heard of that. Yeah, who, 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 who's eating a spinach melt? Best spinach melt in the city. Is anyone eating a spinach melt? I had one the other day, actually. Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you call it a spinach melt, or did you call it a grilled cheese with spinach? Well, I didn't call it anything. I just ate it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> called it a royale cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think Zach's real goal is to burn 10 minutes per episode with this stupid with this grilled debate. cheese debate. But uh, yeah, come to the meat cake challenge. We might just knife fight it out to see who's the winner. We'll just have a belt tied between our hands and two knives. <laughs> Winner's the guy breathing at the end. He gets to have a grilled cheese sandwich with or without bacon. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be breathing at the end of this episode. <laughs> now, have you gone back to have you have you dipped back at the food since since the first uh, since you stopped? No, I haven't dipped back in. Okay. I'm terrified to dip back Because that's one of my favorite things is to eat to the point where you're so full, but then I'll still go snack on the break. No. Go back and hit the... It feels like a brick in my stomach. <laughs> I just... I don't want to add more to the brick. He's still upstairs. The guy am not moving. Oh, my God. I got a, I got a show tonight. I'm going to do such a bad job because I'm just going to be sweating all over the mic. And I'm unfunny, but mostly... It's mostly that I'm tired. Man, can you can, you, can you come a little bit closer? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sound like well, you were too far away. Like you were in a house next door. <laughs> <laughs> is that a, is that the oh. ghost? That's the ghost. It was the ghost of Mitchell Potts. So Mitchell, this is a food service podcast. Yeah. So I always like to ask comedians: Have you ever worked in the food service business uh, industry in any way, shape, or form? No, I actually haven't ever been in the food service industry. Never delivered food. Never. No, never have. I keep. You know, I try to keep my business and pleasure <laughs> business separate. Business. I try to keep it as separate as possible. I do not want my business, which is eating food, to become my pleasure, <laughs> which is working, <laughs> which is working and getting yelled at. <laughs> what was your What was your first job then? Um, I worked at. Oh, I get. <laughs> I guess it does directly involve food. I worked at a grocery store. I don't think I would consider that. <laughs> I don't think that's service industry. Yeah. It's food. Yeah, 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 it's food, but I don't sure. think it's... It's not what you would think. Sure. What would you do at the grocery store? I, market. I, I bagged groceries. Oh. Okay, yeah. maybe that yeah. is, though. That's kind of service. I, yeah, it's how are, how are you? How are you at bagging groceries? Not great. I didn't really care. I tried, you know, as hard as I could. I have but, a... 
controversial opinion about bagging groceries. What's your opinion on it? I think the best people that bag groceries, you have to have... You got to be a little spectrum up. You got to be a little, a little, <laughs> you got to have a little spectrum in you to, to bag the groceries. And well. then, and then like the best groceries, like when I go through and I see a, 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 a Nero normative person or whatever they call, I'm like, no, I don't want that person. It's like, give me the guy that's clicking over there. Give me the guy, give me clicky. Oh my. Because oh he's, he's dialed in. The thoughts oh of Dyke Michaels does not represent the Hardware Podcast Association. Um, no, I did a pretty bad job, probably. Yeah, and, and I would assume you would. You know, that's I, what I'm saying. You got to have a little spectrum, and yeah. then and then you are coming to be the best goddamn bagger. I don't want a guy who's just there. Yeah, I know. was I was just there. I yeah. didn't care or want to be there. I wanted to be home. Um, You're putting but, the chicken on top of the stuff. Yeah, the- but I I did it. I did it one summer. I did it one summer. Um, when I was off from college, and my parents were like, "You got to work a job this summer," so yeah. I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'll get a job at the grocery store." And it, I hated it because I just, I hate jobs where I have to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for that, and I've worked at a call center, so I've worked pretty much all the jobs where you have to talk to people. Yeah, like I worked at a call center for a long time, all different kinds of call centers. It sounds like a sad indie movie. It's horrible. <laughs> parents it's the worst. Work here. Why would you keep going back to call centers? Uh, they, like I've they, never worked at a call yeah, center. Like was, there's other jobs. They were the only people that would hire me. They were always the first one to call. So I'm just like, back then. <laughs> yeah, they're always the first ones. Like they, they have a whole they center to, dedicated yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're always the first one to get a hold of you. So. <laughs> I would just be like, oh, I need a job, so it's time to work a call center again. So probably out of, since I've gotten out of college, I've been out of college for about eight, nine years, something like that. Like six of them have been spent in a call center. I finally have a non-call center job. So it, What's that? Uh, I just process applications for Anthem. Nice. So it rules. I just listen to podcasts all day and type. That's the so best. Dream. What, uh, what'd you go to school for? Uh, I went to uh, my degrees in kinesiology, which is like a study of the body or whatever. But I was it, it like it's kin- like a, Kinsey. Is that like no? no. Uh, it's like kinesiology. I think just means like study of the body in Greek or whatever. Okay. Um, but my specialty was like sports journalism. Oh, um, yeah. And kinesiology is like the what it says on the degree. But my specialty was sports journalism, and obviously I'm not doing that, or I never really did anything even close to it. Do you ever think about doing like a sports podcast or anything like that? I'm just not knowledgeable enough about it. Mm. I was way more knowledgeable about it when I was like in college and high school, but then yeah. I just kind of quit caring as so much, especially when I got really into comedy. I don't watch now. Now I'm just a mostly casual sports fan. I'm always amazed because like I have some of my friends that are like, like, because it was always a thing of just like, you know, like there's nerds and there's sports guys, but I have like friends that are like hardcore nerds, also hardcore sports nerds. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, sports could get, now sports is nerdier than ever because yeah. everyone's super into analytics and math. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just, like, it's like a RPG game with, uh, you know, black people instead of wizards, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, I feel no, like it's, it was always pretty nerdy because I went to school and I was in the nerd group. And then when I went to college, all of my friends went to high school together and were on a basketball team together. And they would do the uh, the fantasy basketball, and I mean the degree to which they did it was I mean Dungeons and Dragons like oh yeah, like, and they got serious about it. They got in fights over it, and you know friendships were ruined, and yeah, yeah. No, there's this game called Stratomatic Baseball, which is basically Dungeons and Dragons, 
they have these cards with all these stats on them and you play a baseball game by like flipping the card and then rolling the dice and if the dice is like between one and six it's a strikeout if it's between eight oh, and wow. nine it's a single this is a long way to go for people not to play baseball outside. yeah yeah <laughs> it's the most like dungeons and dragons <laughs> game i've ever played well besides dungeons and dragons i've played that <laughs> so that's the most dungeons and dragons game i've ever played but stratomatic baseball number two nerdiest wow. game i've ever played what was your what was your favorite sport Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It was the only one I was even remotely competent in. Yeah. How long did you play that till? Uh, I played that for four years in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I did was you have the, any ideas about going to college? College? For bed? No, I was a, I'm a bad athlete. Uh, <laughs> I was the worst catcher in the state of Indiana, probably. My senior year, I caught. I just could throw no one out. There was a kid in tennis shoes that was, uh, I don't know, Forrest Gumpy. Yeah, kind of had Forrest Gump vibes. He would have made a good grocery bagger. Yeah, and he st- he stole on me easily. He stole on me easily, and he wasn't even wearing cleats. Oh. And I was like, "Oh, I'm bad." But we were t- a terrible team, a t- terrible, terrible team. We won one game. Um, but sometimes we, when we were good, my junior and senior year, I hit a couple home runs. Oh, so wow, that yeah. felt cool. That was the best feeling. Yeah, it in a home run feels really cool. I always, I bet it does. I always, I always feel awesome. I always felt bad for the people. Like, like I learned, like I wasn't gonna go anywhere with sports. Like when I was like nine years old, you know, say like like people that like have to figure that out in high school. Like, oh, this isn't. We're not going all the way with this train. Oh, I, I knew it. My freshman year, I was like, I am bad. And the whole time, I eventually I got to a point where I wasn't like horrible like on my terrible terrible team i was one of the better players mm. which is still bad in the long scheme of things yeah but compared to the other 12 terrible players on my team right i was pretty decent amongst them i was the there kid that was just like always excited like win or lose we still get snacks after the game yeah. <laughs> just reminding everybody like are you guys ready for that snack yeah in in high school it, it Snack stopped happening, and then it was just like an angry psycho yelling at you. Yeah, uh, doing bad. Yeah, just the coach constantly spinning. Like, what the hell? I had this coach my senior year of high school who told me that he was in Operation. He was in Operation Desert Storm, but he said during Desert Storm he had been Laden in his sights. He was what? Like, <laughs> dude, he just he told just, you that? Yeah, he told us that. He, he was needed like, that He was like, I was so close to killing Bin Laden. <laughs> I could I could have had him if was, I wanted him. It, and it was like, you're taught Desert Storm was against Iraq. Yeah, like it was, it was Saddam Osama bin Laden had nothing to do with Desert Storm. He's like, I had him in my sights. <laughs> he just Man. made up things. <laughs> he's, Man. he's having like an absolute psycho. PTSD and, breakdown. I always felt like the coat like like once like, especially like I got to high school, like Anybody that was a coach of anything was kind of a creep. Like I definitely like like some of the coaches like the JV team were like our gym te- like our gym teachers, and like I definitely remember like I was like oh they were always like flirting with like oh yeah oh yeah like always the girls that went to the school it was just always like I, like I didn't realize how fucked up that was until I got older. I was just like there they go flirting again with these grown men. It, it was it was so weird. Like yeah my my senior year. One of the assistant coaches just started, like, texting one of our managers who was, like, a 
freshman girl. Oh. And I was and they were like, okay, we can't have you around kids <laughs> anymore. And then another and another one, or the, the main one that said he had Bin Laden in his sights, <laughs> tried to talk me into doing steroids. And I was like, I'm not going to do steroids for this. Steroids is just going to make me fat. Do you think I'm going to work out that much? Do you, he, yeah. Me on steroids isn't really going to do anything. Well, you're not going to catch Bin Laden with that attitude. Yeah, I, say I just don't know. But... He he was like, where did you go to school? Washington Catholic. Okay, um, he was just like, oh, you know, I got my son on cow hormone right now. You maybe you should try that. And I was like, I'm not trying cow hormone, man. Nice. I don't have a future. Clearly, we've won one game. And he's trying to get me to do hormones. And you're trying to get me to do cow uh, hormones. I'm not doing cow uh, hormone, man. Oh, that's beautiful. Just like he just wants you guys to do drugs. He was, he was like trying to get us to do different animal hormones. Like, crazy. Talking to the parents, like, now sit down. No. I know this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but there's a special chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got a pig in the bag. And I, I want you to like take a little bit of its DNA and then inject it into you. And then maybe you could be like a strong pig man. He's not even doing like science, he just thinks like. He just thinks like Spider Man is yeah. reality. He's like, so I just picture all these like deformed kids, like <laughs> senior year was like, like Nain and Muin was like, I don't know if I want to play that team. <laughs> They're no good. So I have a goat that I've been feeding Miracle Grow for the last six years. And if you eat this goat, you're going to have muscles like you can't even believe. I'm telling you, you're going to hit it right out of the park. And I'm like, I'm 17, and I have no future in this. Why are you trying to get me to eat miracle Grow goat? I never understood the people that were, like, out of high school. Like, I understand if you're your kids and they play for the team. But I never understood anybody that's out of high school that had, like, any kind of, like, oh, like too much school spirit about, like, a high school team, like... Like, you went to the school 20 years ago, and, like, you're still that much of a boner for, like, if they win or lose. Well, like, yeah, because they just, like, high school was where they peaked. So that was, like, the last time that mm. they thought they had any hope or, you know, I, I get it. It's like, like, the last thing I'll do. I'm going to get everybody amped up so my high school can win. We all kind of have a year in our 20s where we kind of lose hope, you know? Sure. Or, like, oh, this isn't planning out the way I intended on it to. It's, yeah, it's know? good for the soul. Yeah. So, but they, like, when they lost that feeling, was, like, 14, as opposed to <laughs> us, who were, like, stuck. We're going to be stuck living at, like, 27-year-olds forever. Yeah. They're going to always be 15. Yeah, 27's not bad. Yeah, yeah, no, 27, you know. A lot of good men have died that, that yeah. age. <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah. I just, I picked 33 because I just want to outlive Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just be 33 from now on. You'll get there. Uh, what is your... Uh, What's your worst bombing situation? Oh, I love telling these stories. Um, okay, so I bombed uh, really bad in a state park in Kentucky one time. <laughs> I did a show at a state park in Kentucky, and it's in the middle of a, it's in the middle of a state park, just some shitty bar. And they're like, "Okay, so the hotel you're staying in is a lodge." So I get there at like three in the afternoon, and I'm like, "I'm just going to take a nap before the show." And the people in the room next to me were just fucking constantly over and over and over again. And the walls were shaking. And the walls were incredibly thin. Yeah. And their bed was on the other side of the wall. This is so while blasting. they're fucking, my bed is vibrating. <laughs> like, I'm, like, 
it feels like I'm having a threesome with yeah. them because I'm getting the bed shakes that they're getting. And, like, the walls are so thin that I know when the guy is done. <laughs> and, I, and I hear him make that noise, like, six times throughout the day. And it wakes me up from the nap every time. <laughs> like, they won't stop. They, like, yeah. would, would fuck. And then they would yell at each other. <laughs> and then they would fuck again. And this happened six times. Yeah. I like, didn't get to take a nap, so I was just tired and mad. And then I went on stage, and before I got on stage, it was a packed room, and these two women were sitting in the front, and they both looked like, you know, Karens or whatever. Or like, they had, like, the can I speak to a manager haircut or whatever. Mm. They just, like, looked at each other, and one goes, if this is bad, we're going to take the show over. And that's the last thing I heard. Uh. And then the host goes, Mitchell Potts. And I go on stage, and I do my opener, and it gets nothing, just complete silence. And I do another joke, then it's complete silence. And then they just all start talking to each other and ignoring me. And someone, people would occasionally just turn to me while they're in mid-conversation and yell things like, don't quit your day job, (laughs) that kind of shit. And I was supposed to do 20, and I did 12. And then I just ran out of the room. (laughs) And then um, the, the headliner was like, well... That show was terrible. <laughs> he was like, they did the same thing for me, too. And I guess it was like some conference. I just don't really think they wanted a comedy show anyway. Yeah. But. That's why I love the, like, uh, don't blame the audience. Like, you could absolutely blame the audience. Sure. Yeah, sometimes. You just, it, I, I feel like you just, as long as you have a, a certain level of self-awareness, yeah. if you blame the audience every time and you just suck, then, like, no. But, like. I feel like most of my friends that I like, I respect their, like, if dad tells me he did well, I know he did well. And if he tells me, like, he did okay, then he felt it went okay. If it went bad, it went bad. You know, like, there are different, like, I never yeah. come off here and just like, oh, I fucking killed it. No, listen, no yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, there definitely can be. I, I, most of the time I would blame the comic, but there are some crowds where it's just not going to work. No. Um, and then I did a show in, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Minong, Wisconsin. It's like a town of 500 people. Okay. And it's where the Jack Jack Links factory is, the turkey <laughs> factory. Okay. And they basically said I could do whatever material I wanted. As long as you and, don't make fun of Jack Links. Yes, yes, yes. As long as I didn't make fun of Jack Links. Um, yeah, insane. But yeah, they, that actually was a rule. And so it's in this community center that was clearly a funeral home <laughs> that got converted okay. into a community center oh, that yeah. had events. What? I was supposed to do 20. And the audience that comes in, the average age is like 62. And I'm like, this is going to be horrible. And I start my act, and it's okay for like six minutes. And then I just start bombing because it was just definitely dirtier than what they wanted. It was way dirtier than what they wanted. And I could see... Emma like, stuck a jack links up your pussy hole. <laughs> yeah, I was doing, I was doing like, I, I want to fuck jack links. Oh, wow. I want to be... I want to suck and fuck jack links. I was just screaming that on stage. Over, and that's probably why they didn't like they me. They probably didn't but like But, you know, I, I saw the booker, like, pacing back and forth. Oh, no. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm doing real shitty. And then... You still took that money at the end, though, didn't you? Yeah, they paid me $100 and then $150 worth of beef jerky, which I ate. What? I, and I ate all of it that night. 
He was going to get 200 How much is $150 worth of beef jerky? Not that much beef jerky. Yeah, not jerky. that much. Not really that much. much it is? Yeah. No. I, like, I actually ate more doing your podcast and <laughs> beef jerky. That, like, that beef jerky didn't even really fill me up that much. I ate it in a panic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I eat or drink. <laughs> I got to get something in my mouth to calm myself down. I ate $150 <laughs> in a panic. I was like, I got to just, I got to get something in me. Panic eating beef jerky. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a TV I'm show. I'm going to eat until I'm sick. I got to punish myself. <laughs> oh, God. It was, it was, that one was bad. Those were my two favorite bombs. Yeah. And then there's just the ones where you're just like, oh, well, that was shitty, but it wasn't even fun. Yeah. It was just. I always have real bad luck anytime there's music. A oh. music element, and it's like, we're going to do music and comedy. That's almost like a recipe. Very for, bad sign. Yeah, people that are not interested. I don't like springing comedy upon people. That That's, you know? that's always the worst. You know it's always going to be a bad yeah. show when you're like doing like some bar and grill, which is always a scare. Like bar and grill shows are usually not good. But then when they don't even know, and the venue doesn't even advertise it, and then... You walk in with like a PA system and then get on the <laughs> mic and be like, so we're doing a comedy show in a half hour. And then you could just see everybody. The you know, faces like, that people make oh. when you tell them that you're about to look like you can obviously tell these are like four friends that haven't seen in a, each other in a while. And all they want to do is talk and hang out. And like, guys, we got a free comedy show. It's going to be crackalack here in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Feel free to grab a drink and come on in there. And they just look at you like you're the biggest hunk of shit they've ever seen in oh. their life. Like, like you, like we're sent here from the devil to ruin their evening. Like, like we're gonna have a bunch of boys talk about semen in about <laughs> fifteen minutes. If you can handle that, come on in. If you think sticking beef jerky up your asshole is funny, you're gonna love this next guy. Do you want to hear about cum while you eat your pizza? Like, horrible. If you want to see someone have a breakdown <laughs> in the middle of their set and uh, do some violent things? I, come. I did an open mic at a pizza place no. one time. Uh, that was kind of like that. Shut your where, lying mouth. Uh, um, and it was just like a father and a daughter like eating. And a guy was at, just doing the grossest material, and they were just still kind of talking. And he was like, what are you guys talking about? Oh, blah, man. blah, blah. And he started just like yelling at them for talking. They're like, we didn't know there was supposed to be a comedy yeah. show. And I don't. Like, I will say, I don't like when comics get mad at audiences for talking when it sprung up on them. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, they didn't, they didn't yeah, know. No. You're doing this to them. I think the over-importance of stand-up comedy in general, people yeah. are like, this is like, I can't believe you. Like, look, nobody likes to be interrupted by, like, a, a person being rude or something. But, like, sometimes, like, I've seen comics just be like, look, I had this performance that I was going to lay down. About the dick and font jokes of both variety. Like, I can understand why uh, someone would be mad at a comedy club. Like, an an audience that pays for something and then don't want to listen. I'm just always like, why did you pay money to come to this? Right. But I like like having the the high ground there of just like, you paid to come see this. I'm sorry you don't like it. But you have no high ground of someone that's just in the bar like, this is our class reunion. (laughs) We didn't expect you to come and ruin our time. Yeah, yeah. They're just people whose time is getting ruined, you know. Any situation where you're springing comedy on people is horrible. And they hate it. I hate it. 
was like, I guess I, 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 but people were paying me to come up here and say this dumb shit. So I guess I'm going to do it. Well, people roll their eyes and scoff. The very, the I ver- can't even be mad at The them. very f- worst open mic I've ever done was at Vern's place. Woo! And they had, the microphone was like, and it wasn't even a microphone. It was like a speaking spell that was like plugged into an amp. It hurt. Yeah. All, all, all I knew is that like there was the baseball game would be playing, and then you'd press a button on the mic, and it would it would stop the baseball game, and then you would tell a joke, and then you would let go, and it'd be like bottom of the ninth. Wow. It was dude. it was real bad, and there was like three dudes in there binge drinking in the like it was like I don't know seven, and uh, they obviously. Could not be bothered to turn their head to see what was going on. I mean, we could have been doing anything. They didn't want to. They didn't care. And then there's this old drunk guy who's like, who's like old Harold. And he's real interested in what's going on because he wants to, like, comment on everything. And just the point where everyone just starts shitting on old Harold. And it was just like, this is the only thing to do. Was like, you'd say something to old Harold, but like, well, dippity do. And was like, yeah, that's right, old Harold, dippity do. And I'm right. And so, like, three comics in a row get up and shit on Old Harold, and then we get done, and, like, the bartender's like, hey, could you guys, could you guys leave Old Harold alone? Uh, his son died today. Oh, my <laughs> God. He's in here sad drinking. Oh. And we're just, it's like, I want to leave right now. This is the worst. Oh. Yeah, I've done, that. were you, uh, did you ever do the open mic at the mousetrap? No, it was they, right before. They would do open mics at the mousetrap. And they would have like Monday night football on. Oh yeah, yep. And guys would be so mad that there was an open mic going, but they're just at the mousetrap trying to watch the football right. game, which I get. But you didn't have to yell a slur at me. <laughs> right, right, right. Have you ever had to kick anybody out of a comedy show? I cannot picture you doing that. No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would, like, nope, that's not my job. I don't yeah. get paid to do that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, I've never kicked anybody out. Or like, even as a comic, I've only had one scenario where I've really even had to get aggressive towards an audience member, and I did a poor job of it. I just kept yeah. on yelling. This was when I was like a newer comic. Now I probably would have handled it better or just kind of ignored it a little bit more. Yeah. But I was a new comic, so I was like, nobody challenges me. I'm hot shit. Right. But I did a terrible job handling her. I just went like, you're on meth. <laughs> I just kept on telling her she was on meth, which I think she was, yeah, so which she is was why like, I said right. But, you know. <laughs> you ain't wrong, buddy. <laughs> which, yeah, why, if she was, she'd just be like, yeah, I'm on meth <laughs> and I'm mad. What's your point? And I want you to shut up. Um, I did a. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. oh, yeah, I did a bad job handling her, but you know, it is what it is. That that's and the most of the time the audiences are actually like pretty nice to me. I'll tell you what, you did a good job on. You did a good job eating food today. Oh, I'm great. At that. And you did a good job on the Heart of Brunch podcast. <laughs> Mitchell Potts, yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks a lot. Where can people find you and follow you and keep up with what you're doing on social media? Um, you could follow me on Instagram at Mitchell Potts Tater Tots. Um, nice. I'm on Twitter um, at I'm Mitchell Potts, and then just Mitchell Potts on Facebook. What about that podcast? Oh, and I've got a podcast, uh, Cook on High, for 30 minutes. Nice. That is Jake. Thad McKee. That's Thad McKee on Instagram. You can find me there. Amen. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a little more there. You can find me there. Amen. That's it. Zach Rome. If you haven't uh, checked out our Patreon, you should. It's www.patreon.com backslash harder brunch. 
$3 a month. You can get all of our After Brunch episodes. On the World Wide Web. On the webs. Um, I'm at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Guys, seriously, the After Brunch is where it's at. We we get real loosey-goosey. If you like this, you're going to like the After Brunch. And uh, we'll see you next time.